help is help you get out of pain, whether physical, mental, emotional, and save you money getting out of pain. Because most people charge you a fortune to help you get out of pain. And we want to help you with that with some low cost things, with some free things. Uh, but all of it, things that really work to lessen or eliminate the pain in your life, even if that's relational, that's kind of uh, my area, all right? So um, uh, I have doctorates in psychology, naturopathic medicine. Dr. Adair is a chiropractor, also has degrees in clinical nutrition. And uh, Dr. David tonight is our special guest, Dr. David Peck. Uh, he is a double board certified surgeon uh, worked for years at Columbia uh, Presbyterian in New York. I was a professor there for uh, 25, 26 years. And I want to tell a little story about him. And then, Laura, if you can sort of have his resume ready, and we'll bring it up in just a second before I let David say anything, um, even though he may not like that. Um, Okay, here's so they, the, this is usually the painful part. Just yeah, yeah, right, right. yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and I've shared this before, and all of you know this, but there's a there's a really old saying that I believe is applicable here, and it's that people don't care what you know until they know that you care. Okay, when I met Dr. David Peck, okay, um, I was a little bit in awe because of his credentials and, and all that sort of thing. Okay. I'm this little peon uh, credential wise. He is like, he's basically the Dr. Oz you've never heard of. Same hospital, same uh, school, et cetera. He's just not on TV like Dr. Oz, uh, but basically the same or similar credentials. Okay. But I got to tell you, he totally disarmed me because he was one of the kindest people, doctor or no, I'd ever spoken to in my life. He treated me with honor. He treated me with respect. He treated me with overwhelming kindness. Um, I flew to Philadelphia to meet with him. Um, on the way, I got food poisoning. Okay, and I mean, if you've ever had food poisoning, you know how bad it can be, and it was awful. I was living in the hotel bathroom, and David and I were supposed to have dinner that night, okay? I was going to buy him dinner, and, and, you know, it was all, you know, trying to make a good impression and that sort of thing, and um, I called David to let him know, I'm so sorry, but... I've got food poisoning and I'm, you know, uh, living on the bathroom floor. And David was unbelievably sympathetic. And before I knew it, I was getting a call from the hotel lobby desk that David was at my hotel, and uh, which is uh, a long way from where he lives in Philadelphia. And he had come there to help me, to bring me Gatorade, to, to uh, care for me, okay? I was afraid and, you didn't want to have dinner with me, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you got to understand, I had just met the guy. 
he didn't have any obligation to me. He didn't have any have tos. We weren't in business together. We weren't in anything together at that time. And he goes, he bends over backwards and goes way out of his way to help me. And he did. And, and then the next day I was feeling a little bit better. And Dave, David and in, invite, in, in, sorry, my chair's on edge. I keep sliding over. Um, David invites me into his home. He hugs me like a brother. And we sat there in his home uh, talking like we'd known each other all our lives. It was, it was really amazing to me how warm and kind and accessible and, and sincere and you, you know how you know how with some people they talk to you and you get the feeling that they may be lying to you, that they may not be shooting straight, that something's not completely right here. And then with some other people, you get the opposite feeling that this guy would die before he would lie to me. This guy, this guy <laughs> doesn't lie to anybody. This guy's so honest and sincere. And uh, he, he's honest to the point he will be honest even if even it's if it's embarrassing to them to him. And I've experienced that with him many times, not just once or twice. Okay, okay. Now that was that was in the past, kind of. Okay, today, today, and I and every time I say this, every time I think about it, it's it's hard for me to believe. Okay because I'm this little peon and my little peon company, okay? But today, the clinical director of my company is Dr. David Peck, which is ridiculous. You talk about, you talk about being overqualified. He's like a thousand times overqualified to be my clinical director. And, 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 and here's the other part of this, to date, I have not paid him one penny, okay? And, I, I, and, and I, I hope and believe that that will change, but today he has been doing that for free. He's been doing all kinds of stuff for me, has, has not charged me a dime and has done it with kindness and just giving, 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 giving without taking. And... That's all I can say as far as this. Hey, man Alex, I hate to bring this up right now, but I got an invoice of my email and I think <laughs> David meant to send it to you instead of me. Uh, uh, sorry about yeah. that. Yeah, $100,000, right? <laughs> okay, okay. Also, uh, if I could say I knew you, Alex, because I read all of your books and I study your material and I benefited benefited from all of your teaching and everything so i actually knew you for years and years before we met in person well that's that's very kind of you that's very kind of you okay so uh, david uh david disobeyed my directions and talked early so that's okay um <laughs> but but before you say anything else david laura can you please bring up david's resume okay now, now, Alex, I think we need a bigger screen. Yeah, yeah, we do. Before, before I say anything, Tim, when I sent you this resume, what was your reaction? Well, first of all, I was going to quit because I didn't want to be on the same <laughs> podcast with David. And so 
Uh, we found we found out that he went to a better college than I did. He went to school longer than I did. He did better than I did. And then I find out he's a great musician too. So uh, I'm uh, I'm ready to just leave and let you guys take over. Okay, Laura. Laura, uh, go ahead. Very slowly, very slowly. Just scroll, please. So uh, let me say this, Alex. It was amazing right that this looked like the resume of about three people put together. And, and uh, I, I got the fact that we got a surgeon here. We got a guy who's just absolutely an expert in research. Look at these schools and look at these residencies. And then for an accomplished allopathic practitioner to have some of these natural certifications and to yeah. even be open to looking in to non uh, Western things is just, it's, it's quite remarkable. So I'm looking very forward to, uh, to hear from Dr. Peck tonight. Okay, Laura, go ahead a little faster. Thank you. Um, if y'all are looking at this, by the way, um, uh, I attached this to the invitation email. So this is not a secret. If any of you wanna see this more, uh, we can make that happen. Um, and we've only got an hour show, which is the yeah, right. go through it pretty quickly. Um, very, very impressive. Dr. Peck has um, published, uh, thank you, Laura, you can take that down. Dr. Peck has published over 50 clinical papers, published in peer-reviewed uh, journals, uh, four United States patents in the area of health. And as Tim already uh, gave away my last secret about him. Oh, I'm sorry. He's a Renaissance man. Um, what he always wanted to do was not medicine, it was music. And so today, you're very likely to find him at one of the top jazz clubs in the world going back 50 years, Smalls in New York, where he uh, plays the tenor saxophone. Alto. Alto saxophone, which is the only instrument I ever played, but I played it terribly. Well, he is a master and plays at world famous jazz clubs to two, three in the morning. This is a true Renaissance man. Is, okay, is, I you say I that Alto sax does that or tenor? Alto. Yeah. Can you play tenor sax? Oh yeah, sure. I mean, I have a tenor also, but I, so you're, I mostly you're, play you're bisexual. <laughs> actually try because i uh play sopranos as well i'm not sure what that qualifies as tim only you would think of well that. hey I, I I that's, that's, uh... golly that's classic. <laughs> okay 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 so let's start let's start okay dave here's here's where i want to start uh by the way if you want to say anything before you answer the question that's fine but here's my question you are a top of the ladder allopathic MD. What is, today, today, what is your theory of health? Because every doctor I've ever met has a little different theory of health. What is yours, David? Mine is essentially what I've learned since starting the Healing Codes in 2015. And that is that stress drives pretty much all the diseases, especially all the chronic diseases, emotional stress. And there's many, there are mechanisms and there are rationales. And there's also published data studies that support 
the fact that stress, emotional stress is at the root of many of these diseases. So, I mean, we could talk about the different mechanisms and you've gone through these extensively, Alex, you know, the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis that causes cortisol to go up, imbalances in the autonomic nervous system that causes epinephrine and norepinephrine, et cetera, changes, dysregulation of the immune system that causes immune suppression. There's also cardiovascular uh, different mechanisms. And, you know, cause I, I reviewed the literature uh, when starting with you, Alex, I'm certainly, I wasn't an expert, you know, and I'm still in the learning phase in terms of emotions and stress and disease. I spent my career studying collagen cross-linking and corneal uh, therapeutics. So it, it's relatively new to me, but I do have a discerning eye and I'm able to review literature. And what I've seen is a plethora of studies and, and, and data and, 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 and um, evidence that supports in not only cardiovascular disease and diabetes, metabolic syndrome, which is a combination of obesity and dyslipidemia and hypertension, et cetera, but cancer as well and many inflammatory diseases and chronic pain. And, and so I, honestly, I'll start to go off a little bit on um, uh, uh, into um, some detail, but um, or on a tan slight tangent, but I really believe that what I know now I, that the medical system as we know it has really missed the boat on where to emphasize care and, and where, to, where to focus attention. And I'll give you one example is that, you know, as I'm going through medical school and training, et cetera, you know, we were taught about heart disease and the risk factors involved with heart disease. And just almost always, you'd have a list of smoking, hypertension, diet, uh, obesity, and then somewhere way down the list is stress. Yeah. And, and it's almost, and sometimes it's not even listed. Yeah. And, and if you, and if you bring up stress, you know, on, in a conference or talk to people and start talking about emotional, uh, you know, negative emotions and, uh, and stress, emotional stress, you get laughed at. It, it's almost like, okay, you know, we, you know, what are you going to get mad, wave a magic wand or something like that? The only thing we, we did used to hear about a type A personality in heart disease, but that was the one example. Yeah. Right. And, 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 and so somehow it's been that information has been either suppressed or somehow just marginalized to the fact, to the point that the people that are practicing medicine, the doctors, the nurses, the residents, have really very little awareness of the role that stress plays. Yeah. So, you know, one of my goals in work with working with you is to really to try to raise the awareness of people. I think we almost have to go directly to people to let them know how important this is to your disease and that this should be the primary thing you work on. Yeah. And, and again, and I've, I've, I've said this before, Alex, to you, to you and um, you know, on our All Lives Matter, but not, not that you should suddenly abandon 
all your, the medical practice that you're currently involved in, but simply add this healing code or something like, it. I think healing code is probably the best one um, to create emotional balance. We want to move away from that getting triggered and, you know, wringing your hands and with worry and the excessive, you know, fear of this, what, what if this could happen, that could happen and let your body and your body is that perfect. It's, it's designed to heal. It's designed to ward off disease. Let it do its job. It can't do its job when it's being bombarded with cortisol and all these other immune regulators, these cytokines that occur in, 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 during inflammation and, and stress. And, and so um, I believe this is the future. I think this is actually the present, but I think this is, this is where the whole system is going. Our system currently, I practice ICU, I started in general surgery. I did emergency medicine and balanced that with my research work. Didn't really operate a lot, but eventually went back to um, training for ICU medicine and became a, my second board certification is, is in surgical critical care. So I'm an ICU guy essentially. And, 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 um, you know, what I, um, I lost my train of thought, but, um, well, let me, let, that's great, Dave. Let, let me ask one more question. Then Tim, the next one's yours. Um, David, give, uh, we saw your, your resume, um, took us like 30 minutes to get through it, but, um, anything else you want to share about your background growing up? Um, educational or, or not educational, anything about your background you'd like people to know? You're obviously of Asian descent. Um, anything you'd like people to know about your background and growing up? Okay. And all that. Yeah, sure. I mean, my, my personal story is that I was sort of that, I, I call it the good boy syndrome. You know, it's a, it's a form of um, perfectionism and the all-American boy, but it's based on conditional love. Right. And so, you know, my parents emigrated from Korea during the 50s. They were uh, physicians and scientists also. That's another story of my grandparents, et cetera. But but it was they came in. They were they were I think they had a very difficult time here, you know, when, when they landed yeah. in. And, and so, you know, I was kind of a strict upbringing. So so I was that good boy and I was, you know, perfectionist, went to all the went to the Ivy League school, did all the right things, et cetera. But at the same time, I believe in retrospect, having gone through the healing codes and healed a lot of this, that I was alexithymic. And, uh -huh. and you could tell everyone what that is, you know, not being essentially of low emotional intelligence, not being in touch with your emotions at all. And so um, I also had some personality that was carried down from um, ancestral, essentially, you know, that involved like being judgmental and hypercritical and condescending and all these kind of things. I certainly had good qualities as well, but that was the, the bad side of it. And, and it wasn't until um, really um, my wife got sick uh, in, and, and left us, me and my two boys in uh, 2011 and lived apart for the next seven years until she passed away. Um, but there was a, it was a biochemistry professor from Korea, actually, that was a family friend of my father's that I had known when I was a child that had heard about my wife and brought me the Healing Code book. 
Oh, and I she, didn't know that. Yeah, and she said, okay. she said, this can work for your wife, you know. She brought it in with love. And I was very skeptical, you know. I was, you know, the ICU guy did all this, was doing all this research and everything. But I decided to give it a try. And, and I've told this story before. It was either three days or it may have been a week using the universal code. This is just a basic four position code on healing a particular memory I had early on, you know, that was traumatic. And what happened was it was an incredible experience. I mean, I honestly, I felt as though I had been released from prison after 30 or 40 years. Wow. I was every pore of my body was pouring out stress and, you know, sweat and that kind of thing. And I felt just completely drained. And I was like, wow, this just blew my mind. And I just felt so good. So, so you know, like a, a free man again. And so this is what prompted me. I spent the next three years working on the healing code, et cetera. And then in 20, um, it was 20, no, I'm sorry, 20, yeah, 2018, I decided, I'm, I said, I'm going to become a practitioner. This is the future. You know, I continue, I was still doing the research, being a professor and, and doing clinical as well. But I was like, I got to do this because this, this stuff really works. This, this is amazing. And so I did the training with Johanna and um, completed my training in 2021. And, and boy, you know, I'm in this transition now. I've retired from clinical practice. This is it. This is, this is, this is the future. So, um, yes, that's the long story, I guess. Thanks, thanks Dave. Tim? Yeah, so Dr. Peck, here's what I'm impressed with. And, and uh, <clears throat> even though uh, we're the, the natural guys, I have to tell you, man, if I got hit by Buick and I had to pick between you and Dr. Alex, I'm gonna pick, <laughs> I'm gonna pick you. And so, oh, come on, man. Let's make sure, let's make sure that we give definite credit. And and uh, I'm a doctor of chiropractic, and uh, one of my uh, professors used to say our suffix is DC, like you guys are MDs. And he said we're the doctor of chronics. We're the we're the guys who can help people that have chronic issues. MDs are best with acutes. And so, you know, when you have a gallbladder explode or something, it's sure nice to have a smart guy in the ICU or, you know, whatever to, uh, to save the day. But I have to tell you what I'm impressed with is I rarely see somebody with your background who has a complete, and I don't know if I want to be dramatic and call it conversion, but I'm just amazed that you were eye-opening enough to see another way and I'm a little more curious about was it your was it your wife's situation you kind of revealed that or what really got you to look towards uh, natural medicine and the healing codes and that type thing? Yeah, um, thanks. And you call me Dave too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah, I think that my wife being sick is what got me to look at it to start with, and but the other driving force personally for me was that. I didn't want to pass these negative traits that I had to my kids. And so that was part of the motivation for, for really trying to work on myself. But um, I, I would ha have to say though, um, you know, although I have, you know, I achieved academically, et cetera, um, in the standard way, um, 
I was never really sort of, I took a very unusual path actually, because, you know, I separated my clinical work from my research and also was always kind of different, sort of marginal, you know? And so, you know, I kind of look at myself as like that Jack Nicholson, one flew over the cuckoo's nest kind of, kind of thing. <laughs> but I, just, I, I think, I think I was always open to, to something like this, you know, so, so, an alternative. And so, um, you know, when I had the personal experience, I said to myself, you know, it was so, it was so um, profound that um, I said to myself, well, if it could work for me, I'm sure it could work for other people as well. And Alex was showing that. And, and so, um, you know, I think it was a combination of just getting an exposure to it with my wife, but also being open to it. You know, and unfortunately, most of the people that go through the system, as I did, you know, this education and really sort of an indoctrination process as well, are um, either sort of so sort of, I don't want to say, it's a, I don't want to make it sound, this is, I can't think of a better word than maybe it's like brainwashing in a way, you know, it's just sort of so uh, stuck in their head that 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 that, that can't that can't work, that kind of stuff can't work, or they're so invested in the current system that they're, they're not able to even consider the fact that something could be that amazingly effective. Um, so David, I don't know uh, if that's- Yeah, that's great, that's great. Uh, David, you've already kind of answered this, but- if Hey Alex, to... before you ask him that, hold that thought, please okay. don't forget, because I want to yeah. follow up on this. So they, you're so you're so versed in research. So tell me your perspective on all these double blind studies and all the research that proves the healing codes. You probably yeah. can explain it better by far, definitely than I can. Yeah. Well, so I, I'm kind of mixed when it comes to the double blind randomized control study and the evidence-based medicine because I was exposed to quite a bit of it and I used to call it evidence-biased medicine honestly you can manipulate them yeah very yeah. much so I've worked with SPS you know different statistical packages and know how data can be sort of massaged and gated in different ways to 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 prove your own point etc so um I, I I take that with a grain of salt but that being said it's great to see that there's literature evolving on the healing codes. And, you know, this, uh, the Iranian group is the one who's mostly spearheading this. I think they have the majority of the, the studies and I think it's wonderful. It's great. We, what will need to happen probably in order to convince the medical, the skeptics, other groups will also need to replicate these kind of studies as well. But that being said, I don't think we even need those studies, honestly, because when something works and has minimal side effects, there's it, the fact that we don't necessarily know what the mechanisms are, I don't think are important. The, the, the key is that the, the proof- well, Dave, is we don't know how Prozac goal. works either. I'm sorry? We don't know how Prozac works either. We don't know how a lot of things work. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And, you know, I would even submit that they, they almost don't work in a way, you know, and that, and that, 
if you compare Prozac using Prozac to healing that 10 out of 10 memory in that person that's driving that depression and the result, you're going to see there's not even going to be a comparison. You know, and Alex has done studies with uh, heart rate variability that are that are reasonable. I, I believe that are reasonable, you know, um, that aren't necessarily published. But the proof is in the result. You hear the testimonials. In a way, I think that's all you need in order to try something that doesn't have any negative effects. And so one thing I like to say, say to Alex is that, or to, to people in general is that every, every patient that walks out of a doctor's office, a chiropractor's office, should walk out of there with a prescription for the healing codes. <laughs> Honestly, they should be- they yeah, should we're working on it. Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay, Dave. Uh, so back to my where I was going. You've already sort of answered this, but if you want to add anything, uh, I think our viewers would be uh, very interested to hear um, you have called yourself to me a, and you use this word, not me, a dissenter. Uh, is there anything you'd like to say about your view of the current allopathic medical system? You've already spoken to that some. Is there anything you'd like to add? Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, the um, our system. So I did. I've worked the ICUs for ten years or so, and ER for another ten years, and general surgery. The system as we know it today in my view, is driven by two things, unfortunately. And that is money and fear. And I used to tell the residents, I used to talk that, you know, basically I used to call it practicing quarter percent medicine. So what we do as physicians, the tests that we order, the things that we do are based on the quarter percent chance that this will happen. It's, uh, it's a form of defensive medicine. So we don't wanna get sued. So we gotta order all these tests in order to CYA, et cetera. And then the money part, you know, and, and the morale now is really very low, you know, in the, in the nurses and the staff, it's largely, I'm not going to say 100% because nothing's ever 100%, but it's it's mostly about a paycheck, unfortunately, for so many of us and people just trying to find a way out because there's the satisfaction is gone and the fun is gone by and large. I think one of the strategies that I had for maintaining a good attitude as a clinical physician was to not practice too much. You know, I, I was I was balanced it with research. If you if I spent more than five or six shifts in the ICU in a month, man, I was I like the rest of the like the other staff guys then jaded. You know, I mean, I can't even I don't want to say too much about what happens on the inside, but but I have firsthand experience of what the attitudes are of the healthcare providers toward their patients, and truthfully, and 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 it's, it's not it's not pretty. But they're stressed as well. They're they're actually, yeah. when you talk about negative emotions, you know, 
it's not only the patient with the multi-morbid morbid condition, but it's the staff too. Listen to us, talk, listen to how we talk about patients and talk about each other all day. It's crazy. And, and, and one thing I'd like to add also about what's happened with the allopath system. And th this actually also goes to chiropractor, uh, chiropractic practices that what, what happened was, and I'm sure you're aware of this, but for the audience, there was something called the Flexner Report that came out in the early 1900s, 1910, et cetera. And, and this, was a, this was a study that was funded by the Carnegie Foundation and the Rockefeller Foundation. And essentially what happened was they closed 80% of the naturopathic, chiropractic um, schools at that time. They called them all quacks and they were, you know, I mean, I'm sure there was, there may have been some problems with, they basically wiped out the system that was there and replaced it with one that was driven by pharma. And mm -hmm. the matter, this was, you know, then Johns Hopkins school was the main driver of this. And, and so they, they revamped the whole system. Well, okay, so what happened then? So at, at that time you had infectious disease that was the leading cause of death. And penicillin came along and basically wiped all that out, the, the communicable, the infectious the deaths. And now what we have is this giant rise in multimorbidity and chronic diseases that includes uh, back pain and depression, which are the two leading causes of um, years of, of lifelong disability. Yeah, you know, there's different ways that that that, that we look at uh, diseases, like either the death rate that's cancer and heart disease leading the way, or years of potential life loss, and that would be trauma. You know, because a person gets killed in a young age and then they lost all this life. But the other, another one is years of lifelong disability and back pain and depression are the main ones there. But but what's happened is we have people now that are living longer, but with so many diseases, this is just the person who has diabetes, hypertension, you know, the, this is just routinely, this is what we see routinely come into the ICU. There's all these diseases now, now they have a heart attack, now they have a stroke, now, et cetera. And they just suck up all the, the healthcare dollars. And we just basically the laundry, you should see the laundry list of medications. It's just incredible. It's, you know, 10, 20, medications on that and that's that's driven by pharma that's what that's actually what they want they want medicines they want to use medicines that people will have to use over and over again for years and years and i know this for a fact because i dealt with people from pharma and, and industry when i was dealing with my patents and you know trying to um more uh, get to the next phase with commercialization so they're not interested in something that actually works like right away and and that you don't have to keep taking over and over again uh, this is what well, this is this is that's the back uh, room driver of the money part you know um but um our system i i have to say our system i i believe is broken and and i think it's it's going to continue to deteriorate it's imploding now you know now you and, might know the better numbers on this but but i'll tell you if i've got this right in the united states about four and a half percent of the world's population is that i'm not sure i'm not sure I about that public health wise that's close so let's say five percent 
So do you know what percent of, of the pharmaceuticals that are 5% of the population is taking? Tell me. So 5% of the population should take 5% of the drugs, right? And maybe, maybe we're wealthy and we have some advantages. So maybe we take 10 or 15%, but we're taking 70 plus percent of all the pharmaceuticals manufactured in the world with 5% of the population. And we're not even in the top 40 healthiest countries. Wow. So, and, and uh, bank, uh, bankruptcy from medical expense is the number is not that's the number one cause of bankruptcy in the United States is well, and here's the thing guys we're spending all of our life's savings and resources to be the 43rd healthiest country behind 13 guys who don't have indoor plumbing or or a saxophone <laughs> right so uh, it, it, it's it's ridiculous and so I just salute you because uh, I'm not as reverent as Alex is. I am not going to apologize for not buying into a system that makes me 43rd uh, with taking all the 75%. If you're taking 75% to get to 43rd, then what would happen if you took nothing? <laughs> you probably, probably be 43rd, right? Isn't that Maybe crazy? Better. Yeah. <laughs> And if I could add add to this, this um, you, you know, I, be, I believe uh, this is this is going back slightly to what I was talking about earlier. Um, this this the the drivers of the that that fear that that where we practice defensive medicine, I believe that it's tied to society as well. So, in other words, the things that society is telling us the media etc they're telling us to be worried they're telling us oh you know you might get this you know and this is also involved with the insurance companies which is, was also involved with the flexner report when they were changing the system over early on and and so um not only do we have to revamp the whole medical system what we really have to do is revamp our whole social system so that we are not living a fear-based life. And this is Alex, this is exactly what you're talking about with the healing codes is that we're being told, oh, and, and this goes to, we did a recent series on the seven deadly sins. Well, I would, I would submit that our society is actually doing everything it can to promote the seven deadly sins in each and every one of us. Oh, Envy wow. your neighbor, you know, you should be ashamed of this, you know, whatever it is, go ahead and have this vacation, you know, be as gluttonous as you, you know, want. And then at the same time, they're saying, oh, you better exercise more and, you know, watch your diet, you know, at, this, at the same time, they're pushing the message that, oh, you need to get this new car or whatever it is. We need to revamp the whole thing. Yeah, David, um, let me ask you a question. Um, the Healing Codes and Trilogy, we've got really good evidence. The double-blind studies, the heart rate variability, that it, that it helps, that it works, that it can be significant. Um, but I can't say we know how it works. I've got some ideas. Every cell is electrical and runs on energy, and we're putting more energy into areas that uh, are critical areas. 
and with more energy, if they use that, they can do a better job um, with that energy. And I, I do believe that has something to do with it. But we cannot say definitively how they work. So what is your opinion? You already referenced this a little bit with Prozac and, and Tim did too. But do you want to go any further with, is it okay to do something, even if it does work, if you're not positive and can prove exactly how it works? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, you know, I like to call it brain sterilization, actually, you know, but, but I totally, I, like I totally understand. Yeah. You know, so, so yeah, we don't know exactly how, how it works. Right. And so, um, but, but there is, there is a rationale and there is um, a line of reasoning that um, supports doing this. And, and that is, just the series of concepts. One, the first obviously is that stress is related to disease. And we know that is true, although it's not emphasized and it's still not emphasized uh, um, adequately in my opinion in the, in the establishment. The, the next one is that stress can cause changes in the expression of DNA. Right. And that's a relatively new thing. You know, the, the, the field of, um, when I came up, um, you know, I guess a couple of decades ago, the, the field of epigenetics was not, I mean, I think it was just really in an, in an early stage. And, um, you know, wh whenever you would say, oh, you know, what what about the environment you know what could that do change your genes you get thrown out of the water no you know your genes are your genes you're born with them etc but now we know you know nutrition environment climate stress yeah. can change the way your actual genes are expressed and and you know the majority of your your dna is not coding you know dna so only a small fraction but <laughs> So can I interrupt and ask a question yeah. about that? So yeah. are you saying that if you change your stress paradigm, you might be able to change your genetic disease paradigm, possibly? Yes, exactly. The expression of your genes. Okay. Yeah. All so right. Those, Alex, those, I love the way he said that because I think people have a predisposition, but it's not an inevitable thing that you have to uh, you have some way to modulate how that gene is going to express itself. Yeah. Right. I, I, I should have said this a minute ago. If you have a question for Dr. Peck, uh, raise your hand or type it into the chat. Go ahead, David. No, I, I just say, you know, just plug my parents, actually, you know, they spent their career uh, developing the field of, it's called protein methylation, but it's yeah. basically the addition of a methyl group, a CH3 group, to a protein, either on a lysine or a, a arginine residue, in proteins such as histones. The histones are the you know proteins that are packaged along with the DNA, and so that's aside from DNA methylation, with that which also occurs where you add right. that methyl group onto the DNA, and and those those mechanisms can be determined by many different things in this whole epigenetic right. field. So 
just because you have a certain gene doesn't mean that it's going to be expressed in other words you know the predisposition so things like emotional stress and again we have in our body naturally those mechanisms to repair dna that's what we're constantly repairing our dna and right. this is this is our our body's own we're built to, to prevent disease and defend from disease so you know it's again it's just a matter of letting our immune system and our normal healing mechanisms function normally yeah, and getting that stress away um, so alex let me uh let me jump in here for a second because well, i want to ask dr peck something before we turn him over to the to the throw him to the barbarians at the gate and uh let him uh get clawed apart here but uh <clears throat> Uh, and, uh, and that's usually me, David. So I'm glad it's you tonight. So uh, uh, fantastic. But I, I want to talk about something kind of that I kind of call like the Band-Aid principle. If you're bleeding out, guys, put a Band-Aid on it. And like I have no problems with like uh, I, I refer to them as Prolisec protocols. So if anybody ever reads the little piece of paperwork in uh, Prolisec, it says take it. Was it, Dave, 12 to 16 weeks, something like that? But I for see H. People, what is it now? No, for H. pylori or GERD and seven years later, not 12 to 16 weeks, seven years later, they're still doing what they should have quit six and a half years ago. Okay. So, so here's the thing. There's no shame in taking something for six months or six, but soon as you get whatever, start thinking, what can I do with healing codes? What can I do with my nutrition? What can I do with changing my diet? Patch the leak. If, if, if I have an appendix rupture, I want to go see a smart ICU guy or an emergency room guy like Dave. I want him to fix me. But when I get out of there, I want to go, you know what? Why was I so pro-inflammatory? Why did I have? So think to yourself, patch it, but fix it. Patch it long enough that you live to fix it. And so there is place for all of our, all of our brethren in the different uh, uh, medical uh, uh, avenues to all work together. And we got to have guys like, like Dave to keep you alive long enough to get you to guys like Alex so that you, uh, that you can benefit long-term with a, with a change paradigm. So, so anyway, so here's my question before, go ahead, Alex. No, go ahead. I've got a question from the gallery, but go ahead. Okay, so Dave, here's what I love. This, this what I when we teach seminars to doctors, this that I always like to grab a guy and said, okay, if me and you get stuck on an elevator together, and we're in the elevator for two hours before they come and save us, give me your two or three quick draw cliff notes things that you could tell somebody. What would you tell the group tonight? Change this, change this. Two or three little health tips that you just really see make a difference in people's lives? I would say exactly what you just said, Tim, is that, you know, figure out, you know, why am I, why is, why do I still have this same problem? You know, let me do something about it this time. Let me do something about it that works. Let me, let me listen to the guy who sounds, who's, who I can look into the eye and say, this guy's telling me the truth. You know, he's, he's coming from the heart and do something about it and take that step and, you know, take it in your own hands. The, the, you know, what we put in our mouth, we can choose that when we don't have, when we're not stressed and we're not 
you know, et cetera. You know, we, we can make the healthy choices. We can, but, but as long as we're triggered, as long as we're emotional eating, stress eating, et cetera, it's going to be very difficult. So go to the source of that illness. Yeah. Dave, yeah. Uh, we got a question here um, for, I have uh, elevated cholesterol. Should I take statins? And would you recommend the healing code or trilogy for that? Do you really believe it can help? I really believe it can help. I really believe it can help. Now, it's not necessarily going to be like overnight. It could be. It could be. So what I like to tell people that are currently being treated, you know, in this in the system is don't change anything that you're doing currently in the system. Keep going and seeing your doctor. Keep taking your medications, everything that's being prescribed. We understand what the various parameters are for treating essential hypertension and getting your hemoglobin A1C checked and, you know, managing your uh, hypercholesterol as well. Do that. Just add the healing codes in just, and you'll, and see what, see what changes occur. What, once you heal, cause the, like, I mean, I described my own case and Alex knows that this, I'm not unique necessarily. I mean, many people have had similar similar experiences and, and others have not had as dramatic experience, but still they've had, they felt that chemical shift occur, that energetic shift occur when they no longer feel stressed out about what mom did when I was, you know, eight, or I remember the day that dad, et cetera, or that period of time in my life when, et cetera, when they can look at that rationally and have an emotional balance and, and, and try to understand what, what was going on at the time instead of being like oh my god you know and have our hearts at that at that emotional state that we were young and then just out of control you know just unhealthy habits etc you know and i absolutely feel, think that nutrition is a major part you know our medicine is our food I, you know i agree yeah. with with people that are looking at that perspective <clears throat> so I mean, this one in alex and i's whole paradigm is is health is in a triangle and some of that triangle is your structure you have a herniated disc you're not a happy camper that's your structure if you have a chemical imbalance there's some health problems there and then certainly a third of the triangle is emotional right and so but for this cholesterol question chemistry wise there's some guys i want you to research niacin alpha lipoic acid cordyceps polycosinol those are all things proven nutritionally to lower your cholesterol if you have high triglycerides you have low hdl which is typical and you have high ldl two things absolutely take fish oil but make sure it's from sardines and anchovies and also, if you have high LDL, don't take that as an answer. Have that break broken down. Is it large buoyant or is it small dense particles? Because one of those is not a big deal and the other one is really a health crisis. And so there are some nutritional things. Play this back. Do some research on all of those. I, on, a, on my worst day in my office, I can fix high cholesterol. On my worst day, that is not a mystery anymore. That's a solved equation. Research that stuff and lower. You can win that war. That's not even. That's not even a hard one. Let's get another question. Um. Uh. 
a couple things. Uh, first of all, a comment from Kevin. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. You're too kind. Like my favorite superhero shows, I love when I see a crossover. You guys are three legends together making magic. With that being said, I want to see if I can help on the social side and cut up some of these videos and get them out there uh, for everyone to have this information. Uh, Kevin, that would be great. And thank you for wanting to help and thank you for your kind words. Here's another one, uh, Dave and Tim. Um, I've got cancer. What do you recommend as far as chemotherapy and um, should I be doing the healing codes or trilogy? Um, I'll address that last one if you guys want to address the chemo thing. Hey, let me go first because I have the least to offer here. You guys know more about this than I do. Um, so let me just tell you this. What I see all the time, and this is a disconnect. And by the way, my wife is a nurse practitioner and works with cancer patients. So I hear a lot of these stories. And this drives me crazy in allopathic uh, cancer medicine is you know, when you go get a PET scan, they give you, Dave, what is that formula? It's like the glucose, sugar, radioisotope. Right, and you drink it and the sugar goes straight to the tumor and it takes the radioisotope straight to the tumor so that it'll show up on the scan. And then you say, oh, okay, well, should I change my diet? They never tell you to stop eating sugar right after they prove to you that sugar goes straight to the tumor. And so I'm sitting there going, you guys diagnosed it by putting, and so it's, it's amazing to me. And I just had a sweet patient who went out to California and Oregon and did some big thing. And they put her completely on a carnivore diet and did a zero carbohydrate thing for about two months. It is amazing how it stopped the growth of her tumor. So here's what I would tell you, whether we're talking about critters in the backyard or cancer cells in your body, if you cut off the food supply, you'll absolutely starve out some of the progress. And so that's my little tidbit. Right? Well, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, Tim, I mean, when it comes to cholesterol and, you know, PET scan, you know more, more than I do. You know, I, I'm not, that's not, you know, I'm not really that versed in that. The, the only thing that I, I would like to say about um, any of the, any of the um, modalities um, involving nutrition, but also with exercise as well, is that, and this goes to Alex's healing codes, is do it, do, do what, what Tim is talking about, but don't let it be to a fault. In other words, you know, a lot of times I'll see, you know, guy wants to be healthy, you know, eating this or exercising this, and it's like almost to an obsession. Yeah. And I'm saying, you know, that's actually the other side as well. So do the things, but have balanced emotions. And the way you get to the balanced emotions is through the healing codes and, and healing those source drivers. Yeah, Dave, that's a great point. So many people who have that obsession, who like measure every single tiny little bite yeah. they put in their mouth and everything right. like that, that is massive additional stress. Uh, so you're really, when you get to that extreme, you're working against yourself. And I'll take the part about uh, the Healing Codes or Trilogy. I would, I would start with the Healing Codes, but uh, the best way to do is do a Healing Code and then a Trilogy for the same issue. 
And if you get the Healing Codes and Trilogy, you've got that. There'll be there'll be a trilogy for the for that, and there'll be a healing code for that. I would do the healing code first and then the trilogy in the same setting, like 10 minutes. But if you don't want to do both, just do the healing code. Okay, we're about out of time, guys. Tim, well, one more thing, Alex. On that serious health condition, back to what Dave was saying. We're not saying do this instead of that. You right. could do... You could not go to McDonald's on the way to your oncologist after you did your healing code. So, so there, it can all work together. Yeah. Tim, last words. Uh, you know what? I just uh, think it's phenomenal that we have people with uh, Dave's background that are, to me, when I see somebody as smart as he is, as accomplished as he is, who's looking at the healing codes as a massive uh, method for promoting uh, the uh, hindrance of stress, which causes disease. I think if he, if he's smarter than we are, if he's doing it, maybe I should take a real deep look at this and go, you know what? Here's a guy who's been deep in research, double board certified, got a resume that almost ran longer than our podcast. If he thinks it's good, I might need to take a deep dive and really look at this. Dave, last words. I just thank you for having me um, spread the word, you know, this stuff. Please, everyone, give it a try. Give it a try. What do you got to lose? Um, one thing I forgot to tell y'all about David, he was also a star athlete growing up. So, um, I mean, he he's truly a renaissance man at the highest level of almost every area in life and um i'm so honored david to the the thing i'm most honored about david is to call you my friend and i thank you so much for that and um and thank you for being here and um tim thank you laura thank you so much and ladies and gentlemen we are one minute early this week <laughs> Uh, unbelievable we'll but, save it uh, for next week uh but here's the thing i think kevin has a great point who 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 said hey man this is great but can i take this video and and try to get it out there so that more people can see this um this video is going to be posted tomorrow uh and um and uh all of you have the links of where to find that uh, it's on my YouTube channel. If you go to YouTube, type in my name, Dr. Alexander Lloyd, you'll find it. Uh, if, if this makes sense to you, if there's anyone you love or care about that you think, man, I wish they had heard that, send it to them. Send them the link. Everything is free. It's free. They, they don't have to pay a penny. They don't have to do their uh, email in there. Uh, nothing. Okay? Nothing. So, tell people about this. Hey, you, you don't have to agree with it, but maybe here's another perspective for, for you to just consider. Tim, were you about to say something else? Yeah. You know, with Kevin's idea there, he must've seen our podcast and seen us flounder with the technology. So <laughs> what a great offer. And, uh, so yeah, that. Us together can barely find the old button. So, uh, right. uh, I think that's a really sweet offer and I'm, uh, uh honored by that. Okay, seven. it's 7.30 on the dot. Thank you, everyone. God bless you. Dave, look forward to seeing you again, sir. Nice to see yes. you. Yes. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Laura. I love Bye, you. Everybody. God bless you, everyone. Good night. Good night.